Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Best friends forever. Yo, this is the fantasy best friends forever. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Gentlemen! There's only one of you. Gentlemen. Frank, what's up, man? Not much, Greggy. Uh, unfortunately, went to the Yankee game last night and they lost, but... You were rooting for the Grom. And, well, for fantasy. <laughs> well, I wanted the Yankees to win one zip. That would have been ideal. Okay. The Grom goes eight, something like that. But aside from that, shout out to listener, watcher. I know he tweets us a lot. Constantine. Yeah. Hooked me yeah. up. Saw that I tweeted I was at the game. Oh, yeah, said, right. come down to field level, section 112, hooked it up with a beer. Now, all he has to do is buy you a beer. What? He hooked it up with a beer? No All way. he has to do is buy you a beer now. Correct. And we owe him a beer. 100%. Because then he buys his BFF beers, and we buy him a beer Constantine, back. you come to the studio, you buy me a beer, <laughs> we will split a beer for you. Yeah. Uh, aside from the outcome, the game was very fun. Did you sit within the rest level. of the game? Uh, yeah, from like the seventh inning on, it was... That's awesome. Me, Kinga, his... Fiance, I believe. So and you and him. your fiance. Yes. Him sir. and his fiance. You went on a double date. Yeah. Huh. Spontaneous. Spontaneous double date with your fiances. Didn't plan that, but it was a good time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Constantine, that, that's cool. Uh, we look forward to you coming live uh, in studio. Take a look. Uh, on today's show and really going forward, we realize what you want, right? And, and ultimately what you need. And that's just straight up rankings. And inside the Roto Experts exclusive edge package, when you use Frank the Tank, you'll get Frank's rankings. If you want to Venmo me, you'll, you'll get my rankings. But we're also going to go through them on the show live for you. Give you the rankings. Give you who our sleepers are at the position. And, and simply have a debate upon it. That's what this time of year is for. We are officially in the middle of August, which means we are officially in the middle of draft season. I think, Frank, every weekend going forward up until draft day, like, I think I have a draft. Yeah. I would except, say... Except this weekend. Yeah, except this weekend. Oh, that's not true. I have one Monday. We'll count, we'll count Mondays this weekend. So I have one this Monday, then we have the GST, uh, the next weekend, plus Carton's draft, and then a week later is, is my home draft, and that's, and that's what I got going on. So literally, every weekend through the beginning of football season, I'm rock and rolling, and I'm sure all of our watchers and listeners are too. Yeah, that's exactly the point right around now. I mean, every weekend, like you mentioned, there's drafts going on. So you know, people want to know about our updated rankings, how we feel about certain players, that is basically what we're trying to do here. And we're going to talk about, you know, tiers, rankings, which guy we have where, and maybe, maybe a little bit of debate. Who knows? Yeah, and probably so. So today, we're obviously starting with the quarterback position. Uh, and, and we get it. You can get rankings and, and debate and, and tiers everywhere. Um, but we appreciate you watching us. We appreciate you giving our rankings and, and our tiers a shot. Uh, we'll defend ourselves. And today, we bring up the quarterbacks, tomorrow the running backs, wide receivers. And listen, if we don't finish a... A, 
uh, not a tier. If we don't finish a position in a day, we'll, we'll do it again tomorrow. Like, no, no big deal. There's no pressure on this. Obviously, as breaking news comes, we're going to get to that too. So don't think you're going to miss any breaking news uh, because of our regular scheduled programming here. With all that being said, Frank, what's today's stat of the day? Today's stat of the day has to do with your quarterback in the Flex League, actually. Last season, in 2017, Cam Newton averaged 18 rushing yards per game in his first five games of the season. 60.4 rushing yards per game over his final 11. Overall, finished first in every rushing category for QBs last season. His 754 rushing yards was a career high. So you saw last year they were a little hesitant to let Cam Newton run loose and really you know, let him do his thing. But after those first five games, they really just said, all right, Cam, do your thing, go out there, be who you are. And he took off. And from there on out, he ended up finishing as a top five quarterback. And I have him ranked as a top five quarterback right now as well. And they ultimately, last year, they, they kind of took the reins off of him once they realized and deemed that he was healthy. This seems to me, Frank, getting into Cam Newton, who is ranked as my fourth-ranked quarterback, um, this seems like the one year in, in seemingly a while that he's not banged up and bruised coming into the year. I mean, he's had some shoulder issues. I remember he had the car accident. He went deep into the playoffs previously. It's not the case right now. Like, he is totally, totally healthy. The body feels good. He's still pretty young, under 30 years old. I recognize there's a new offensive coordinator. Uh, there's a new quarterbacks coach as the Turners have come in here. But Cam's probably still going to Cam. And when he is healthy, he finishes a, as a top, I believe, five quarterback every single year. I don't see how that changes this year. He's still going to be the goal line beast. And I, I expect big things from Cam Newton. Yeah, so I actually have him as my QB3. I moved him ahead of I Russell moved- Wilson okay. as well. Um, and partially, I mean, just look at what he did last year. He finishes the QB2 last season. I mentioned the rushing yards. He still had six rushing touchdowns last season. Think about this. He only threw 22 touchdowns last year. He now has the best weapons of his career. He did what he did last year that was without Greg Olson for a majority of the year. That was without DJ Moore, who they just drafted in the first round. So now you give Cam Newton the best weapons of his career, and there are question marks with the offensive line, uh, there's some injuries there. Uh, we know that they lost. Uh, they lost a big piece. Uh, the guy that went over to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me out here, Greg. Sorry, the offensive lineman that left Andrew the Panthers. Norrell. Sorry, yeah, Norwell. Andrew Norrell. I apologize. Norwell left. So, um, yeah. So there's questions about the offensive line, but we've seen that with running quarterbacks, that doesn't necessarily hurt all that much. Russell Wilson had a terrible offensive line last year, and while he had to run around more, that kind of led to more fantasy production. So I'm not really worried about that. For Cam, uh, I think he's in line for a big year. All right, so you said you moved Russell Wilson down a couple of pegs. Consensus, Russell Wilson is QB2 everywhere else. Aaron Rodgers is your number one. Aaron Rodgers is my number one. I don't want to kind of dwell on that. He's both of our number ones. And then we get to number two. That's where I have Russell Wilson, as does most of the fantasy community. Frank, you have dropped him all the way down to number four. How come? Well, I am worried about this Doug Baldwin injury. Um, they say that he's going to be ready for week one, but you have, you have to worry about that. I mean, look, he's not getting his reps in throughout training camp, and look, he doesn't necessarily need it. He's been with the team for a while. He has a rapport with Russell Wilson, and I was excited about Doug Baldwin in terms of, you know, he was going to see a career high in targets, but you take Jimmy Graham off this team as well now. They have Nick Vanette. They have Ed Dixon, Tyler Lockett, their deep threat. They're trying to talk up Brandon Marshall now. I worry a little bit about the weapons, I still do like Russell Wilson. It's not like I dropped him, you know, outside my top 10 or anything crazy like that. I moved him down a few pegs. I just feel like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, those guys are as safe as they come. And then Cam Newton, I think, has a little bit more upside. The Brian Schottenheimer offense worries me a little bit. So I just do think that 
when you're splitting hairs with these guys at the top, for those reasons, I drop him down a few pegs. I still do think he's an elite uh, rushing quarterback. We know the floor that that brings every single year, at least 450 rushing yards in every season. Actually, at least 489 rushing yards in five of six seasons played uh, with the Seahawks. Um, the offensive line should be a little bit better. I just have some question marks with the weapons there. So, so I think one of the reasons that I have Russell Wilson um, ahead of Tom Brady was really there, there was a bit of inconsistency, oddly enough, from Tom Brady, specifically uh, from Week 13 on. Let me let you know where he finished, right? Against Buffalo in Week 13, he was the 28th-ranked quarterback. He had 9.3 fantasy points. In Week 14, in the playoffs, he had 11.3 fantasy points. Finished 22nd that week. In Week 15 against Pittsburgh, 14.7 fantasy points. That was good for, again, 22nd. And then in Week 16 against Buffalo, he finished in the top 10, number 9, with just 16.6 fantasy points. I get why everybody loves Tom Brady because... He's the GOAT, right? He's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it uh, and to ever live. The, the offense for the Patriots gets the red zone more than any offense in football. Nobody had more red zone attempts throwing the, passing the ball uh, than Tom Brady last year. Um, nobody had more attempts in general than Tom Brady last year. Nobody had more passing yards than Tom Brady last year. I understand all of that. But how you ended what you did with Russell Wilson kind of described why I'm interested in him. They did improve their line. This offseason. For the run game, yes, with DJ Fluker. But they obviously also signed Dwayne Brown to the long-term contract extension. They realize that this is by far the biggest weakness of this team. And yes, Doug Baldwin being out hurts. But like, there's this connection between Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson over the past five seasons that I'm not exactly worried about that. Maybe he won't be back for week one. Maybe he will, whatever. But I'm not, I'm not worrying about that injury when it comes to Russell Wilson. And we keep hearing that Seattle wants to go back to the basics and back to what has worked in the past. And nobody's talking so much about running the ball like they used to. They're talking about the competition, and that's what they want to get to on the defensive side of the ball. All about competition. Same with the wide receivers. The best player is going to play. The best player on this team for the last couple of years, regardless of any position, has been Russell Wilson. And that ability to rush for the uh, 450 yards he's going to every single year, to me, makes up for the fact that they don't necessarily get to the red zone as much as Tom Brady does. His ability to rush for a touchdown, yeah, Brady's going to get you your, your plunges from the one-yard line, no doubt, but I think you can count on Russell Wilson to do that more. Um, so I'm definitely going to have Russell Wilson at two. In fact, to me, it's closer to put Newton over Brady than it is uh, Brady over Wilson. I didn't do it. I'm kind of going to split the hairs there. Um, so I have Wilson two, Brady three, and Newton four. Yeah, I respect everything that you said about Tom Brady, and people might have a salty taste in their mouth if they had him in fantasy last year. And look, all the stats that you mentioned for him, the game-by-game -game, uh, stats, they're all valid. But then look at what he did in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Like, he's still Tom Brady. 337 and three touchdowns against Tennessee. 290 and two against Jacksonville. 505 passing yards and three touchdowns against the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't really have many question marks uh, with Tom Brady for fantasy. To be honest, I'm probably not going to own any of these guys. But, like, if Cam Newton or if Russell Wilson were to slip a little bit, like, maybe I'll take a shot on those guys. But, like... Aaron Rodgers, where he's going to go in most drafts, fifth, sixth round, Tom Brady, sixth round as well, like probably not going to end up with any of those guys regardless. Do you think the tier ends here? Because we both have the same four quarterbacks in, in some order. Yeah. You, so you were with me, the tier ends there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have Deshaun Watson in that tier too. I, I don't. And we'll talk about that, but I don't yeah. have him in the top tier. I don't. I, I'm feeling more confident on him. I don't have him in the top tier still. Mm -hmm. I, I am feeling more confident on him. 
And in reference to where you're taking quarterbacks, uh, you put up a really interesting poll about basically what's your strategy with the quarterback. Do you take one of these top tiers? Do you take Andrew Luck, who I actually didn't like that part of the poll in a lot of things. I'll explain to that uh, yeah. in a bit. Um, do you take a middle round guy or do you take or you wait, wait, wait? And every fantasy expert and every fantasy analyst is going to tell you to wait, wait, wait. Hell, in that poll, I voted for wait, wait, wait. But and maybe it's just because we're in these quote expert drafts or high stakes leagues drafts, but you only wait to a certain point. Like there's going to be value there, and that's why in our flex league, like I drafted Cam Newton, it was the seventh round where I had basically my entire starting lineup was filled outside of my tight end and my quarterback. Like every position was filled outside of my tight end and my quarterback. So that's point, like I had felt like I waited enough and still somebody in my top tier was there. So I understand why you're waiting for a Stafford or a Rivers guys we're going to get to throughout the show. If there's value there to be had, I'm going to grab it. Like there's going to be that point to me where if Aaron Rodgers is still on the board, I don't care that he's a quarterback. The hate has gone, not the hate for him, the hate for the position just goes too far, and I'm going to grab it. And we saw that in the seventh round of our draft over the weekend where I felt like we had hit that part, and that's why I wanted Cam Newton in the seventh round. Yeah, and I actually really like that pick. I have no problem with taking him there in the seventh round. I think that's great value. Uh, The reason why I couldn't do that, and again, it's roster construction, how you start your draft. I started my draft with three running backs. Right. So from there on out, I was kind of playing catch-up on the wide receiver position. So I was just loading up on wide receiver, wide receiver on all the picks after that, hopefully trying to find like one of those mid-round diamonds in the rough, one of these guys that could break out. I ended up with like Josh Gordon, Randall Cobb. Um, so, so you, I have yep. a draft up now. You round up with Josh Gordon in the fifth. You took on Johnson, who I really liked, in the sixth. Um, and then we get to the seventh. And you had, I guess, only two wide receivers at the time and four running backs, which is a starting lineup. I mean, you have your starting lineup filled. No, we need three wide oh, receivers. We need three in this league? Yep. Okay. Um, so you're one wide receiver away from, from your starting lineup, essentially. To me, like, knowing exactly what you had said that draft day, that Florida's going to take Andrew Luck on the turn, which he did, and you're, you really like Andrew Luck, I might have went with Luck there. I, I'm not a really big Randall Cobb guy, for instance. I might have taken Luck there. That's, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, so the way I have it ranked, I have Andrew Luck as my QB5. I have Big Ben as my QB6. A lot of people are not that aggressive on Big Ben, but for me to get Ben Roethlisberger as late as I did and then pair him with an upside guy in Patrick Mahomes... I have no problem with that. So I have Andrew Luck ranked as my sixth-ranked quarterback. I could be talked into moving him to five. Before we continue our rankings and get to the next tier, I want to talk to you at 844-843-6879. I want to go to Mike in Philly. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you guys doing today? Doing great, man. What's going on? Hey, are you guys high on Amari Cooper this year? Frank's much higher than I am on Amari Cooper, and Florio is the highest out of all of us. Yeah, I'll be honest, I drafted him as my wide receiver one in that draft in the fourth round. Mind you, this was a non-PPR draft. I think where he's going is adequate, right? Like last year, he was an early to mid-second round pick. That might have been a little bit too high, but you just look at the pedigree, the background of John Gruden. Every year, he's been a head coach. He's had a 1,000-yard receiver. Everything that we've heard up until this point is that they're going to put Amari Cooper in the position to be this team's wide receiver one, to be the top target uh, in order to succeed. They're going to move him all around the formation. They're not just going to keep him on the outside. I know that's something Michael Florio spoke a lot about and that they're going to move him before the play starts a lot to get him moved off of the team's opposing number one cornerback. And that's big because he plays in a division where he's going to see Casey Hayward, where he's going to see the the Broncos corners as well. So um, that's important for him. I think where he's going, maybe that three, four swing, I think that's adequate value. I, I don't I don't feel great about it. I don't think it's like a steal. I don't 
I think it's adequate. Well, to be fair, when you say those Broncos cornerbacks are obviously not what they once were. Chris yeah, it's Harris not a to lead, but Chris is Harris gone. is still there. Uh, Bradley Roby, the other starting to- uh, other starting quarterback right now uh, for the Broncos. Let's take one more call before we hit the break. We're going to go to Sean in New York. What's up, Sean? Hey, guys. Uh, I called yesterday about some uh, running backs in my 16-team standard league. Um, I want to call today about you know maybe some mid-round receivers that I could start at like a wide receiver three, maybe even two. I know 16-team league is deep. I didn't know if you guys had any uh, players on your mind. Maybe I could plug in and start on draft night. Frank? So some mid-round wide receivers. Look, I, I waited on some of these guys. So just to give you an idea of who I ended up with, like I got Josh Gordon in the fifth round. That's a 12-team league. He's dropping a little bit. It is a risky play, but there is some upside there. Then again, guys like Randall Cobb, right around here, I, I would say it's like the late 20s, early 30s in my rankings. Michael Crabtree, Randall Cobb, Jamison Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders, who I feel like is being disrespected a little bit in drafts right now. Uh, some later guys, Robbie Anderson, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. I think those are all you know solid wide receivers, you know high-end wide receiver threes who have a little bit more upside, who are slipping in drafts right now for whatever reason. And we've talked about these guys, but I still do like them. A couple of other guys I like in that uh, same section. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Devin Funches, Marquise Goodwin. A little bit later on, Nelson Aguilar and Cooper Cup. All guys in that middle round wide receivers uh, that I really, really like this year. Yeah, Mike Williams from L.A. too. I'm starting to warm up. I I just rose him on my draft board this morning, actually. Uh, We take a break here. We'll come back. More quarterback rankings coming up next. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're giving you the quarterback rankings, your tiers, your debates, and your sleepers. We're doing this uh, all week long, certainly not with the quarterbacks, but that is where we begin. Frankie, you you mentioned you have Andrew Luck at number five. I have Andrew Luck ranked at number six. We have both bought in that he's back, he's healthy, uh, and he looks good. And uh, I read a lot about Andrew Luck actually this morning, and I was reading how it's amazing that the guy playing his first game in seemingly two years picked up Frank's, Frank Reich's offense pretty easily in game one. And I know there was not, you're not exactly game planning, but he looked good in, in that first preseason game. And you're completely buying that he's back. That's why he's number five, because he still has the potential to finish his QB1 overall. You're getting at the fifth spot. Uh, and in the expert draft, he's going you know, round seven, round eight, which is, I think, ter- ter- really tremendous value. Um, you mentioned before as I kind of move away from Andrew Luck, because I know we've talked a lot about him, unless there's anything you want to add with him. No, I mean, I think we've laid it all out there. The fact that I have him at QB5, I think, just speaks volumes how I feel about him. I, I, and I have him at six, because I do have Deshaun Watson ranked yeah. at, at number five. Where do you have Watson? 
I have him one spot behind. Uh, I have him two spots behind Andrew Luck. I have him at seven. Okay, so you have another quarterback that's in the, you had Roethlisberger. You said yeah. that's in there. We'll get to him in a second too. Um, but I have Ro- I have Watson at five, and the more I've read about him, the more comfortable I am that he's healthy. Like he's fine. He's not wearing a brace. He's moving around like normal. And, and I get all the negatives when it comes to Deshaun Watson, right? That like the touchdown rate is simply not sustainable. What he did last year, that he just cannot do it again. That's fine. But if he does, you want to own Deshaun Watson, essentially, right? Like, this is literally what you're banking on, that he doesn't do it again. Uh, yeah, I mean, just natural regression, I think that's fair to say. And look, he was more prone to throwing interceptions in college, too. Uh, he had 17 interceptions his final year at Clemson. So I think that that's going to factor itself into as well. Again, his rushing floor is going to help cancel out some of those interceptions. Uh, I, I just... I worry about the offensive line there, too. I think it's absolutely brutal. We've seen how some guys that can help Russell Wilson, the mobile quarterbacks, but especially a guy coming off a torn ACL. Remember, Deshaun Watson has now torn ACLs in both of his knees, dating back to college. And you talk about a guy who's mobile, a rushing quarterback with a bad offensive line. Like, there's a chance that this guy can end up getting killed this year on the field because of, you know, just the lack of... Uh, protection there. So I worry about that. Look, he still has DeAndre Hopkins. He has Will Fuller. He has two uh, great wide receivers. The running game is a little, you know, iffy. Lamar Miller, that's not your guy, Greg. So, right. look, I just, I, I don't trust that he's going to be able to come close to what he did again last year. If you want to take him, that's fine. I think I just rank him. Honestly, I just rank him this high because this is where he's going to go in drafts. I will never take him where he's going to go so in drafts. You, so why don't you just drop him? Like, I have Lamar Miller. I'm never going to take him. I... I don't feel comfortable dropping him behind guys like my QB8 is Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins. Like He probably realistically has more upside than those guys. Okay. I think he has a, a lower floor as well. Like Those guys, I feel much safer about the floor there. I will admit that his upside is higher than those guys. Big Ben I have ranked higher because I just think year in and year out, he's consistent. Sure. And he has better weapons this year than ever before, too. Like They just keep adding. Do they? Like I mean, they added James Washington, who they're talking up in camp. <laughs> Dude, how many but times they still have, have Juju. Like, Juju is better than Martavis Bryant than a year ago. And he's going to see more targets. Like, he was incredibly efficient last year. Still has Antonio Brown. Still has Le'Veon Bell. Has Vance McDonald. Has Jesse James. Like, the guy has weapons up the wazoo. He's finished QB 8 in points per game three years in a row. And I think he has the upside to be better than that. Than that. So, I have Big Ben ranked QB 6. That doesn't mean you have to draft him ahead of Deshaun Watson. That's just, personally, I'm going to wait, and then I'm just going to take Big Ben because I like that value more. So that's why I have it ranked that way. So you're not, for what reason, I guess, like people have come out against Ben uh, pretty hardcore in the past for the home and road splits. They were better last year. Significantly better? He had 16 touchdowns at home opposed to 12 touchdowns on the road. So it wasn't a big difference. What about yards per game? What about yards per game? It wasn't. in total yards, whatever you have. It wasn't much. I could pull it up for you, but it wasn't. Drastic by any means. No, like he was much more consistent week in and week out. If you like him better as like your best ball quarterback, I understand that completely. But again, like the way I drafted in flex, I drafted Big Ben. And then a few rounds later, I got Patrick Mahomes. Like I love taking that veteran and then taking that upside shot. Like what, what do you have to lose? You have the safe floor, in my opinion, of a Big Ben. And then you have that breakout ability from a Patrick Mahomes. Like look at the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has. There's going to be a lot of turnovers, but... I mean, he has great weapons, and he's going to be able to rush the ball with his legs as well. So, so Patrick Mahomes is where for you? I have Patrick Mahomes 11th. 
Yeah, so I have Patrick Mahomes 15. I, I'm concerned about the, the turnovers there. And I know um, he's got this monstrous arm, and I think people are really, really excited about both him uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo. But I want to talk about Garoppolo in a second. But I, I do feel like we've kind of come in too hot uh, with Mahomes a bit. And I understand you drafted Roethlisberger, you drafted Mahomes, two guys that are in your top 12 at the quarterback position, but neither guy that I'm ultimately confident on. Yes, you want to hit on both, but Roethlisberger and the Steelers do tend to go in a shell on the road. Like they don't put up those monstrous numbers that they do um, at home. And I know we're looking at the quarterback and we're looking at the weapons and, and you see what the Steelers have and you see what the Chiefs have. And there's all of these different weapons and you want to believe in the quarterback. So I do understand that. Um, but I think at the quarterback spot, I kind of just want consistency. And maybe that's, I don't want to say laziness on my part, but I want to make it easy for myself. And we have so many decisions on a Sunday morning that I like the fact that I can just plug in a dude and forget about it. And I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's why, you know, you drafted Cam Newton. You're, gonna, you're yes. not going to have to worry about that. I, like, I didn't draft the second quarterback. If that's the way that you want to play fantasy football, you don't want to worry about, like, choosing your quarterback because it can be annoying at times. I understand that. But, I mean, I mentioned I, I won two leagues last year just kind of like riding the matchups. One league, it was Big Ben and Blake Bortles. The other league, I had Case Keenum and Jameis Winston once he returned from injury. So, like, you can win with just playing the matchup matchups at the quarterback position. Greg, last year there was only, uh, there was less than a 200-yard difference between Big Ben's total home passing yards and his road passing yards. 2,216 at home. 2035 on the road. So not so, so really he was much. he was much more consistent last year than people realize and you know look people talk about Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers, oh these guys are so underappreciated for fantasy purposes. They're compilers. If you look at the end of the season, yes, they might finish as a top 10, you know, top 8 quarterback that year, but I've been looking at points per game, Greg, and that's going to give you a better indicator of what they do on a weekend right. week out basis. You want to talk about consistency? While Phillip Rivers and Stafford have, they've compiled the numbers, their points per game, they finish outside the top 12 quite consistently. So you're saying that they are bus candidates for you this year? They're not bus candidates, but like, I understand more so why they're being drafted where they are. If you want to take one of Rivers and Stafford, like I've been saying, and pair them with a Jimmy Garoppolo and a Patrick Mahomes, to me, that makes more sense because... You have, that, you have that upside if one of those guys flops, okay, then you still have that safe floor of a Stafford or Phillip Rivers that you can fall back on and play the matchups. But last year, I, draft, I drafted Stafford as my quarterback in one league, and I think three or four weeks into the season, I dropped him, and I ended up picking Deshaun Watson up. Like That's going to probably happen more often than not. If you draft these quarterbacks who are not runners, guys who are going to turn the ball over a decent amount, like Stafford, Phillip Rivers... You're going to end up wanting to find a quarterback with better upside anyway. You're going to end up picking up a quarterback who is playing against, you know, the Buffalo Bills this week or whatever other, you know, defense you want to focus on attacking that week. Remember, we were doing that week in and week out last year. Greg, there was one week where I had Jared Goff ranked higher than Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And you killed me for it. I think I it was against the Giants. I did. And Jared Goff finished with more fantasy points. He did. And I picked up Jared Goff that week everywhere, and I started him. And it seems like once the season starts... More often than that, not, that's how we end up playing the game is we're going to pick up a quarterback and stream him against the best matchup. So why don't you just do that right away in the draft? You take that, like, that safe quarterback if you want him, and then you take that upside shot. Because the reason I don't do it in a draft is because those two guys may not amount to anything, right? Like that, that Patrick Mahomes pick yeah. may be 
brutal. I mean, he may, he just for whatever reason may, may not be very. To be good. fair, he was my second to last pick in the draft. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not killing you for it, but you're asking me why I wouldn't do that. Why take a guy if the value is there? Again, I'm not spending up for the quarterback. I'm not. But when he's sitting there in the seventh and eighth round, like that's when I, in all honesty, that's when I like to go at my quarterback. Yes, I could keep piling on running backs, wide receivers, and sometimes I do. But as I look at my rankings, which I have up right now, I really, really would prefer one of my top seven quarterbacks. I'm including Drew Brees in that. Like I really would prefer to get one of those seven. But even and Drew then, Brees and, is going later than he ever has, so I don't really have a problem with that. Right. And, and so for me, like I have this tier. And it goes from 8 to 15. And if I don't get the... Next segment, I'm going to do that. But, like, I have this tier of 8 for 15 with Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, for me, Roethlisberger, um, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, and then you have Jimmy G and Patty Mahomes in that. Right? There's, those seven dudes are in this tier. And I'm, to me, they're very interchangeable. Like, I'm all going for the same price. I think they... I don't really care which one I get. If I don't wind up with one of my top seven, I will literally be the last one to take a quarterback because I really don't care. I don't know how to differentiate those guys. Like Maybe you can help me, but out of those guys, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, uh, and then Jimmy G and Patrick Mahomes are more of the high upside plays, of course. How do you differentiate those guys? I think, so for me, the reason I have Mahomes and I have Jimmy Garoppolo and I even have Mariota ranked higher than guys like Rivers, Stafford, Matt Ryan is because, again, I want to take shots on those upside plays. Like it, like you said, if you're just going to wait till one of the last rounds, you're probably just going to take a shot on an upside quarterback. Are you going to take a boring River Stafford? Like I mentioned. Yes, you, might, mean, you, might, you might just want consistency. The, pa- the sure. past three years, Rivers in points per game, QB 12, QB 18, QB 16. That's not what we hear. Lately, what we've heard is, oh, every year Rivers finishes a top 12, top 10 quarterback because he's a compiler. But on a points per game basis... Like QB 18, QB 16, are you satisfied with that? Last year, there were guys that we knew had the upside to break out, like a Carson Wentz. Uh, we didn't know at the time Deshaun Watson, but there are upside quarterbacks. Why not take – that's my whole thing this year, is every year there are quarterbacks that end up inside the top 10 that we didn't expect who are – they're more of upside guys. They're not like the Phillip Rivers. They're not like Matthew Stafford. Why not take shots on those guys? And that's why I have – Ultimately, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mariota ranked higher than some of these other guys because I do think they have upside, more upside than these others, and I'm just going to end up pairing them together. Stafford, the last three years, QB 10 in points per game, QB 11 in points per game, QB 14 in points per game. Like, okay, that's fine, but don't you want to try and find the next Carson Wentz, the next Deshaun Watson, one of those quarterbacks instead? To me, when you take a Patrick Mahomes, a Jimmy Garoppolo, or a Marcus Mariota, I think you give yourself a better shot of finding that next upside quarterback rather than just wasting a pick on one of these compiling quarterbacks. And maybe it's because I think they're going so late, but like I really like, I ha- really happen to like Marcus Mariota and Dak Prescott. I know we mentioned this. I like Dak Prescott a lot too. I think those both those two guys are exactly the category that you're talking about, and maybe they belong closer to Patrick Mahomes and closer to Jimmy Garoppolo because I think those two guys really have the potential to finish as top ten quarterbacks. I think that within a new offense for Mariota and getting Ezekiel Elliott back and Des Bryant and Jason Witten out for Dak Prescott, I think this helps both of them, and I think both have a chance chance to be dynamic and I know two years ago Mariota had this picture perfect schedule and and was great with it and then two years ago Dak Prescott bursted onto the scene scored six touchdowns on the ground and followed up with scoring another six touchdowns on the ground a year later it was just the accuracy and and the passing which you had question marks with both of these guys but they both use their legs and if they could just in all honesty get better as a quarterback I think you're going to be wanting them And, and 
they're not costing anything right now. They are after that mid-tier group. So maybe you're right. Like maybe for me, it's not the Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it's me taking a Roethlisberger and one of those guys. Like I, I'm not sure, but I want to. The only thing I could say, and, and I dealt with this last year, and it cost me. I'm not saying I was right by this, but I really, really enjoy the plugging in a quarter, just picking and plugging in and forgetting about the quarterback. Not wasting fab on quarterbacks, not having to worry about it. The only way that works is if you get an elite quarterback. Right. Doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Otherwise, you're sitting there and you're just like, ugh. I will say, this year I think it goes a little bit deeper. And before before you get into it, like I did with Kirk Cousins. Like I had Kirk Cousins last year. I started a week in, week out. And even there were many times I sat here and you and Mike are just like, dude, like Kirk Cousins is fine, but like Jared Goff is better this week. Like just pick up Jared Goff. And stubbornly, I'm like, no, I'm going to just stick with our cousins. And Goff outperformed him. Yeah. And how, but how did it work? That's the thing. How did it work overall on a week-in, week-out basis? I won the championship in that league. All right. But <laughs> we can, uh, so I'll use Kirk Cousins as the example just because that was the one I brought up and that was the one I actually started. So last week, uh, last year rather, Kirk Cousins finishes a top 12 quarterback, we're saying, right? One, two, three, Four, five, six times. Cousins finished as QB eight in points per game last year. QB six the year before and QB twelve in twenty fifteen. That's pretty good. So very consistent. That's pretty good. So I, that's why I was going to say I think this year more so than ever. While we have that top four group as the elite, I yeah. would say it goes to about eight or nine quarterbacks who I think you can you can plug in and forget. And that goes about Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins. If you want to put Deshaun Watson in that category, because I do have him ranked QB seven, you put him in that category. And Andrew Luck. It's Andrew Luck and Big Ben for me. Big Ben is one of those guys. I'm not going to have Ben there, but okay. So, you're, so you think, and maybe I have to reevaluate my tiers, you think there's nine guys that you feel are plug-and-play guys. Everybody else is either a, not lottery ticket, but a, a guy that could really perform well and surprise people, and a guy that is just, you know, fine. That is, is that like the next tier for you, I guess? I think that's fair to say. I, I still have, I have Garoppolo, Mahomes, and Mariota still inside the same tier, but I guess they don't really fit that criteria in terms of, because if I draft Jimmy G or Mahomes, like I'm going to have another quarterback, and I'm going to end up playing the matchups again. What I did last year, you just while it takes up two roster spots, you just play the matchups each week with one of these guys. Kirk Cousins, look, we know the weapons that are there. I think he is one of the safest quarterbacks. What he's been the past couple of years with Washington and to come over to Minnesota, I think Drew Brees is going to bounce back with some positive touchdown regression uh, as well. The reason I set up the poll the way it is, Greg, is because I think. Andrew Luck is kind of the break between tiers. And that's what I have for me is it's the top four. It's Andrew Luck in, as QB5, who I think is just kind of like in a league of his own. Because there is risk involved, but there is definite upside. Uh, if I draft him, I do want an insurance uh, quarterback behind him. And then it's kind of like those mid-tier quarterbacks are Roethlisberger, Breeze, Kirk Cousins, who I think you can plug in and forget. And then you get into that whole group of upside versus compiling safety. veterans like yeah. Matt Ryan, uh, well, Philip Rivers. So the reason I had a, a, an issue with your poll, essentially, was because you wrote Andrew Luck. And to me, like I have Luck, Breeze, and Watson, for me, as guys that are in this upper tier. Kind of what you're describing. Yeah, but wouldn't you say that Andrew Luck is a little bit better than those guys, though? Like The only reason why he's not in that first tier is because he's coming off injury. Definitely. But he, to me, he's like his own tier. Like, I don't, he's that guy in the middle rounds. So I don't think so, because yeah. yes, because Luck is coming off injury, and that's a it was a major, major, major injury. injury for sure. And listen, all of a sudden he may get weak and then not play again. And I understand that we are all super positive on Andrew Luck, and that's why he's my sixth-ranked quarterback, and I'm fine making a fifth, whatever. But I think 
Deshaun Watson belongs there, given what he did his rookie year, and he's now healthy. Same thing, and I know normal regression is coming. That's fine. And I think Drew Brees belongs in that tier as well because it was one down here for Brees. One year, right? It was like crazy saying that? No, no, you're absolutely it was, right. It was one year for Brees. And we but think, the defense is still really good. Definitely, but if we think positive regression comes his way, I think he's fine. But the thing is, I don't think he gets back to 30-plus touchdowns, throwing for all these yards. I think... I think he's going to get back to being serviceable. Like last year, 23 touchdowns, that's a fluke. Based on, you know, how many passing yards he had, he led the league in completion percentage. He's going to throw for more touchdowns this year, absolutely. Right. But the question is, how many more? Like I could see him in that 28-29 range, which will make him a solid week-in and week-out starter, but he's not getting back into that elite category for me. 844-843-6879. We'd love your feelings and thoughts and opinions on this. When we come back, I want to hit... The next tier, the guys that you may not draft but may break out. Who are they? Who are our sleepers? You'll find out when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. DailyRoto.com is putting more than $25,000 on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along for the free roll. Have a chance to win big this year alongside SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein, one of the only men to have won two separate million-dollar prizes. Each week, we'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and split 50% of the profits. No profits this week? No worries. Your name will get tossed back in the hat the following week. Head to DailyRoto.com slash sweat and learn how to get in on the action and your share of $25,000 in action. That's DailyRoto.com slash sweat. We also want to remind you that Fantasy Factor is the only exclusively single-entry DFS site. They have free rolls registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free million-dollar survivor contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. Frankie, we've... Touched on really the top 15 or so quarterbacks. Is there any one of those guys before we move on that you kind of want to expand on? I think the love for Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes. I actually just moved Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of Patrick Mahomes. And if I could go back and take him ahead of Mahomes this past weekend, I, I would do it. I do think that there's a lot to like about Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, the, the second season playing under Kyle Shanahan in his offense. We saw what Matt Ryan could do. And I'm not saying that Jimmy G is going to be an MVP candidate, but 67.4% completion percentage last year, 8.8 yards per attempt. To put that in perspective, Drew Brees led the league last season with 8.1 yards per attempt. Jimmy Garoppolo averaged 260 passing yards per game. He was the QB6 from weeks 
13 through 17. That's big time for Jimmy G. He helped some people win, uh, win in the playoffs last year, win championships, and that was with him really stalling in the red zone and kind of learning on the fly. He only had seven touchdowns in five games. He's going to be better than that. So I think given the offensive line that they have there, an improving offensive line, they drafted Matt McGlinchey, uh, they signed center Weston Richburg, um, they get Pierre Garçon back as well. I think there's, I understand the love for Jimmy Garoppolo. I have him ranked as my 10th quarterback, uh, and I wouldn't mind. If you came out of the draft with only him as your quarterback, I think you could do a lot worse, Greg. Yeah, I, so I have Jimmy Garoppolo uh, ranked as my 12th ranked quarterback, and I feel the same way. Like, if I come out with just Jimmy G, I'm all right with that. And I'm actually going the other side of you in that I actually thought the love for Jimmy G would be even higher during draft season. Like, when at the end of last year when everyone was sweating this dude, like, people were talking about how he was a top five, top six, top seven quarterback going into this year. And as people calmed down and we got far away from last December, everything settled in. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know where he's average ranked, but everyone's kind of have him where you and I do in between 10 and 12. Now, this has been Venture's boy. And I don't even know if he's drafted him this year. But Jimmy Garoppolo is somebody that he's not a rookie. In just a few practices, came on and was finished as a top five quarterback uh, all of those weeks, or number six, whatever you said. Yep. And given a full season as a starting quarterback, given a full season practicing as a starting quarterback, training camp with all of these guys, I think he's, I think the sky's the limit, man. Like, would it be surprised to me if he finishes in that Andrew Luck, Drew Brees tier? Absolutely not. Like, this is a guy that is not costing you anything at all. He went after Patrick Mahomes in our flex draft. This is a guy that I think. You were getting now very, very late that absolutely, maybe even more so than a Mariota and a Dak Prescott, has the ability to finish as a top five, six quarterback. Yeah, I think that was more so reflected in us playing in an experts draft that he got pushed down the board because according to Fantasy Pros ADP, he's still going pick 90. Okay. So that's a little high, He's uh, and he's going as the, the 10th quarterback off the board. I have no problem with him being the 10th quarterback. Me personally, I would take uh, Ben Roethlisberger over him who, according to Fantasy Pros, is going behind Jimmy Garoppolo. But pick 90, uh, that's more so in, like, what, the 8th, ninth round? That's probably where he's going to go more so okay. in home leagues. But if you end up taking a Jimmy Garoppolo in that round and then a couple of rounds later, just back him up with, like, a Matt Ryan or something like that, play the matchups with those guys, I'm just going to keep hammering home that strategy. If you don't take an elite quarterback, which you're on record saying you want to do, and I have no problem doing that, if you don't get Andrew Luck as well, just... Take a high upside and take a veteran and kind of just play the matchups. And look, if it doesn't work out, if Matt Ryan starts the year and he sucks, you drop him and hopefully pick up another quarterback. Maybe you find the Alex Smith from last year or, you know, the Deshaun Watson. You just randomly pick up a rookie. Maybe, you know, Sam Darnold or someone like that ends up breaking out. You, you don't know. So that's why if you're not investing much in the quarterback position, you take an upside guy and then you wait. And then you just back him up with a veteran. That's that's what I like to do. All right. So of the quarterbacks that we have not mentioned yet, um, as we go through our rankings, and you can get Frank's Inside the Roto Experts exclusive edge package using the promo code Frank the Tank. Um, Roethlisberger, we got into Rivers, um, Matty Ice. You, you you said kind of boring like Matt Ryan. Do you, do you think that he takes a step back, some positive regression for him year two under Steve Sarkeesian? Yeah, I, look, I think he'll be better than he was last year. You know I was not a Matt Ryan guy last year just because uh, I think the price you had to pay for him, you were paying for his MVP caliber season. And if you look at Matt Ryan in his career, it's a lot of up and down. One year, very good. One year, very bad. I don't think he ever gets back to that MVP form that we saw. I think that's kind of an outlier season for him. Would it surprise me if he bounced back and 
you know, snuck his way back inside the top 12, throwing for, you know, 25 to 30 touchdowns with 10 to 15 interceptions. It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think that he has that immense upside that we saw from a few years ago. I think the Falcons' defense is a lot better. I do think this team is going to get back to running the football a ton this season. So if you look at his career, he typically lives in that 25 to 28 touchdown range. I just don't think he has that much upside. I have him ranked as my uh, QB 17 right now. He's right behind Rivers and Stafford for me. So the, one, the biggest name that we have not mentioned yet on this show is Carson Wentz. And there are people that believe Carson Wentz should be picked pretty early. I know Jake's been all over Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey for that matter. But I have Carson rank Wentz, after today's news, I have ranked Carson Wentz 17th. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You won't own him. Well, I originally, before the show started, I had him at, what, what did I tell you, 13, 14, something like that? Yep. I dropped him to 17 because he's not healthy. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, he's coming back from a torn ACL, and it's now a rush against the clock, and the latest news was that he's not, not necessarily going to be ready for week one. And if you're telling me that the quarterback is not necessarily going to be ready for week one, your franchise quarterback, this is not something you rush, especially when you have a capable backup. And when we say capable backup, we mean a guy that literally won you the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz, the Eagles are not going to rush. Is Carson Wentz worth drafting and holding and picking another one of these guys? Okay, fine. And maybe using your strategy, frankly, that's the right way to do it. Like Maybe you get this deal on Carson Wentz because of the injury and no one's into it. And you start a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Matt Ryan for the first couple of weeks, and then you get Carson Wentz back. Maybe that is a valid and fair strategy. But I think there's a lot more questions to Carson Wentz than there are answers. And I'm, I just cannot safely say this guy's a top 7, 8, 9, 10 quarterback in 2018. He might be when he plays on a per-game basis. That might be true. But the thing is, again, we don't know when that's going to be. We don't know if he's going to be ready in week one. Look, the touchdown regression, we know for a while that that was going to come down a little bit. Right, and, and yeah. that's why I want to interrupt because you, you are the one that's pretty much on saying, listen, Deshaun Watson's obviously a touchdown regression. Yep. And I think you have to say anything about Wentz. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even if he was 100% healthy, you know, I wouldn't have him ranked uh, ahead of Andrew Luck. I would probably have him ranked in that Deshaun Watson range. Again, if he was 100% healthy. but. Remember, Carson Wentz tore his ACL months after Deshaun Watson did. Definitely. So he needs a little bit more time here. And again, you know, the only way the Eagles rush him back maybe is if they get off to a slow start. Right. I don't know that that happens given the defense that they have. They still have a ton of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they have Jay Ajayi and really the coaching staff there. I mean, Doug Peterson puts everyone in a great position to succeed. So I don't know that they need to rush Carson Wentz back. It's for that reason that I have him ranked. As my QB 13, I have him behind guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes, even Marcus Mariota. Again, Mariota, to me, is still young enough and has that upside in this group. I don't know that we've seen the ultimate ceiling from a Marcus Mariota yet. And this year, you're getting him at a great discount because of what he did last season. People are baking that into his value. Uh, and I love that what you're getting where you're getting Marcus Mariota right now. I think that's great. But yeah, I've dropped Carson Wentz down to QB 13. I just wonder, Greg, in home leagues, is that going to be reflected? Is it going to be reflected in home leagues, in I people's think, home leagues? Like, is, I, is Carson Wentz still going to be drafted as one of those top seven, eight quarterbacks? I don't, I don't, I don't think he will be. I think people will just be scared off by the injury. Yeah, I think more, more so, more and more, the news that we're getting, I agree with you. I think he is going to start to get pushed on the board, and I think it makes sense. 844-843-6879. I want to go to Dylan in Texas. What's up, Dylan? 
Do we have Dylan? Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up? Uh, not much. I uh, just had a draft question. Uh, I'm uh, going first overall on a 12-team PPR. Uh, I'm going to be taking Gurley. Uh, in the 2-3 turn, uh, I've been I've been doing this strategy lately, just going three straight RBs. I've been I've been ended up with Mixon and Howard. I really like those guys this year. Uh, I was just wondering if I mean, do y'all agree with that strategy, or should I be going wide receiver RB? Because there's so much wide receiver value in the middle rounds. I just don't really care to take like a, you know, a, a Diggs or Thielen or any of those guys, unless like Mike Evans slips. I might take him, but I love the three kind of elite RB kind of thing going. So what do y'all think about that? I will say this. I agree with you that there's a lot of wide receivers you can find in those middle rounds. Hell, I just did it this past weekend as well. But I will say in a full point PPR, I think that's a little bit dangerous. I think with your first three picks, I have to come out of those with at least one wide receiver. If you want to take, you know, a Mixon or a Jordan Howard, whoever you like more for the PPR format in that second round at that two, three turn, I think that's fine. I think you could start with two running backs, but I think to start three running backs in a full-point PPR, look, there's many different ways to win in fantasy football. You could definitely pull it off, but me, personally, I have to come out of one of those first three rounds with a wide receiver, especially in PPR, Greg. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I'm in my half-point PPR league, and I was looking at it this morning as well, Um, and I'm looking at the first two rounds, right, and and what I can do, and I have 11th pick in that, Um, and I I, deciding do I want to do Two running backs there, draft like I'd say a Melvin Gordon and a Dalvin Cook. We'll just use those as an example. Uh, Melvin Cook and Dalvin, Melvin Gordon and Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Or do I want to go with a Julio Jones and a, a Dalvin Cook? And I mocked it out this morning. And if I went with a wide receiver and a running back, obviously you go in any direction in the third round. If I go with a running back, running back, I have to be okay with essentially Amari Cooper being my wide receiver one. And I don't know that I'm willing to do that. Yeah. And. The other argument is, okay, if you draft running back wide receiver, who's going to be your RB2? Because you have two stud RB2s going running back, running back. I have the perfect answer for you, Greggy. So the guy that's there yeah. consistently, <laughs> consistently is Alex Collins. Woo! Am I okay with that? I don't know. <laughs> the guys that I, What I'm, do you like more, Alex Collins as your RB2 or Amari Cooper as your wide receiver one? Neither, particularly. Uh, you, know, well, you can't I, have everything, Greg. No, it's fantasy I, football. I, I, you're right, and I, I can't. And I don't know the answer. You know, and honestly, I don't know the answer to that question. Like, I really would like Derrick Henry to be there. Like, that would be ideal for me. I think he would be there at I, the end of the third round. I think that's fair. I think it's possible, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, so you would take Derrick Henry ahead of Alex Collins? I would. I have, I have Derrick Henry one spot ahead of Alex okay. Collins. So. Yeah, I think that's like a personal preference thing. I agree. I agree. That would make me feel like pretty comfortable. I have, and then you also have the rookies that are there. Are you comfortable with like a Royce Freeman as an RB two? No. Probably not. It's not terrible. I mean, if you have that anchor, right? Like a Melvin Gordon as your yeah. RB1? We both trust Melvin Gordon a lot. So I guess... So, so you could take two wide, rec- two wide receivers in round two and three, and then maybe take Royce Freeman in the fourth. So then the answer to that question, I know we're veering off quarterbacks, but the answer to my question is going to be, what's then better? Do you draft Melvin Gordon and Michael Thomas or Julio Jones and Dalvin Cook? Which combination is better to you? I know it's personal preference, and I get that, Yeah. but I don't know the answer. In a half-point PPR. Yeah. It's very tough. That is a close one. Uh, I mean, you, you can think on it. I have a month, so you yeah, can think on it. Yeah, I've I've already drafted a team where I have Julio Jones and Dalvin Cook, so yeah. I'd probably lean that way. You know how much I like Dalvin Cook, and you know, as consistent as Michael Thomas is, I guess it, that's what it comes down to, right? Like 
consistency versus upside. Like Julio Jones could be a league winner for you. Definitely. But and Melvin, he can severely outperform Michael Thomas, but Melvin Gorin Michael, Michael see, Thomas is going to give you a safe floor every single week. Melvin Gorin gets, could I, I know I'm not Mr. Dalvin Cook. I, I love Melvin Gordon. I think he could really outscore Dalvin Cook pretty handily myself. So, you know, it's, it's figuring out which two you like better, ultimately. I think that's where my league is. Who's the top on your draft board, though? When it comes Melvin Gordon versus Julio Jones, I'd probably take Melvin Gordon. I would take Melvin Gordon also. So then just take the best wide receiver available. Maybe Julio Jones is there in the second he round. You don't be. know. He won't be. You know that for sure? I do. Because I talk to that person every day. And it's his birthday today. So, Russ, happy birthday. Happy birthday. He watches and listens every day. Yeah. So we appreciate it. Okay. Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas. Not, not a bad start by any means. No. Um, finishing up our quarterback conversation, Frank, a couple of quarterbacks we haven't gotten to that I think are worth mentioning at least, um, specifically Jared Goff and Alex Smith. Two guys that I happen to really like this year. I think Jared Goff is a natural next step a lot of people expect. And Alex Smith, everybody in Washington is saying, this is the best quarterback we've had here in years. And I get Kirk Cousins finished as a top 10 quarterback. You read, you, read, you read where he finished over the last three years. And they think Alex Smith fits them better. His 14th year, he could do a little bit of everything from throw it deep to be consistent across the middle to a guy like Jameson Crowder or dump it off uh, to a Chris Thompson. So I like Alex Smith. And he's going to be a guy that's not going to be drafted. He's someone you could pick up probably any given week. And remember, early on in the year, he was number one. He was QB1 for the first five weeks of the season last year. So I think there's some low with Alex Smith. And the Jared Goff thing, along with Mitchell Trubisky, I think it's easy. I think you're just looking at a guy that's still improving as a quarterback and as a fantasy player. I know people think the Bears will break out. That's why they like Trubisky. And Jared Goff playing a good Rams offense. To me, I think he's a perfect streamer. You probably don't need to draft him. That's why I have Alex Smith ranked ahead of both Goff and Trubisky. Uh, Goff is closer to the tier above him uh, than the Goff-Trubisky tier for me. Yeah, so I have Goff and Alex Smith back-to-back. I have Goff at 18 and Alex Smith at 19. I have it reversed. And it's not really a knock on Jared Goff. I just think the, the QB position is so deep this year, and you know there are guys ranked ahead of him who have done it before. And Jared Goff finished as the QB 12 last year. He was fine. I just think he's all-system quarterback. Uh, Brandon Cooks is there. He does have better weapons. But remember, the defense is also a lot better this season as well. So are there going to be games where they need Jared Goff to do all that much? Maybe there's more games this year where in the fourth quarter they're just kind of like grinding out the clock with Todd Gurley or whoever else the, you know, they want to throw back there. But, I mean, I like what you said about Alex Smith. I, the thing is, I don't know that I can walk away from a draft with like Alex Smith. him as like my QB1. I yeah. think he's a very fine QB2. Maybe he's the insurance policy you're looking for if you draft an Andrew Luck. Me, personally, I just can't walk out of a draft with Alex Smith as my only quarterback. Are there any other quarterbacks um, that we have not mentioned on the show today that you feel, for whatever reason, you need to talk about, whether it's a Derek Carr, a Jameis Winston, a Blake Bortles, anybody come to mind for you? Yeah, I like Jameis Winston uh, as well. I like him more so as a QB, too. I think people are sleeping on him a little bit too much. It's just it's hard to swallow that three-game suspension to start the year. You never want to get off to a slow start in fantasy football, so I understand where Jameis Winston is being drafted. But remember, in a super flex league, if you get Jameis Winston late, and then come back and pair him with like a Ryan Tannehill, just start Tannehill those first three weeks, and then you get Jameis Winston back, I, I still do think the upside is there with the weapons that Jameis Winston has. Another guy who, you know, we've heard mixed reports so far in camp, but has the weapons, is Case Keenum. Yeah. We saw him do it last year. Uh, now with the Denver Broncos, he has Demarius Thomas, he has Emmanuel Sanders. Again, he's more of like a super flex a two, uh, in a two-quarterback league. You draft him as your QB, too. I think those are some sleeper candidates there going in the Superflex format. Continue the debate in our comment section. We appreciate you watching. Please subscribe to our show. Uh, give us a like and leave a comment and rate us five stars on iTunes tomorrow. Running back, ranking sleepers and debate. We hope to have you there. For Frank Stample, my name is Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.
Does your 